the Bag, a real-life comedy podcast designed to lighten you up, make you laugh, and get you off your ass. Now that's Kristen being Kristen. Are you freaking kidding me? Start the show. All right, everyone. It is another episode of Chicken and Bag Podcast. Today's going to be a great one. Last week, we talked with Trey Kearney, and she was a relationship expert, and we talked about infidelity. This week, we're going to talk to the men. We're going to talk to uh, Tommy Geary. He is a... He is a men's um, coach. He also deals with how to live a more fulfilled life because, I mean, everybody's juggling a lot right now. But women, don't worry. There's something for you on the show, too, because we're going to be talking about family, um, different roles that men and women are playing nowadays. So please, everybody, tune in. We're going to bring Tommy in here and get this show started. Hello, Tommy. How are you? What's up, Kristen? Good. How are you? Good, good. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, I found you on Instagram. And uh, I kind of liked what you did. Uh, I'm 50, you're in your late 30s. Um, and I think what's interesting, what I love to do on this show is I'm fascinated by relationships. Uh, I love talking about how to be the best version of yourself. And, and that's something that you're doing. And I really feel like the world that we're in today, women were struggling with juggling it all years ago. And now men are kind of at the same crossroads. And that's something that you got focused on. So tell me a little bit about Tommy Gary and what did you do prior before you started We Embark? For sure. Um, thanks for having me on. I, I haven't seen, I've joined some of your lives before, but I haven't seen that intro video thing. And that's really cool. I like it. Well, thank you. It's me, it, got, it got me excited to start. Uh, so I, right now I'm a mindset coach for men um, and been doing that for about a year. So the company is called We Embark and we run, I run that with my wife. And how did we get here? Yeah. Um, you know, five years ago, if you asked me that, I would have had no idea. But um, I was in a corporate job and it was kind of just me and my wife and job was good. Benefits were good. Money was good. Lit, like um, had good vacation and we were really living like an adventurous life together. And there were parts of my job that I was like, I don't like kind of like, don't feel like I'm living my best self. My, mm -hmm. my, like there's more in me that I could give, but I was like getting that out of adventures outside of life, traveling, um, hiking, snowboarding, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. You're an out, you're an outdoorsy guy. I noticed that for sure. So I think that's kind of, I think that helps you live a more fulfilled life for sure. Yeah. I mean, nature is something that is, um, needs to be in my life or else I kind of get uncentered, unbalanced. So I can always, you always pop in nature and feel better. At least mm -hmm. for me. And yeah, so, you know, life was good, but then that kept questioning that nine to five job that I wasn't being totally fulfilled by it, but not really taking any action around it. And then we adopted our daughter, Nell, and that, um, I don't know, change things a bit. Like you have a kid, you're a mom, any of your audience that out that's out there, it changes your life and it just um, changes your perspective and really gives you a new purpose. And at the same time, through some type of like uh, new feeling in me, like shit, it's all over. It's over. It's all about her now. It's all about my family now. Yep. And that was okay at first. Like it really worked well. But then I started like 
just being a little more lethargic, wasn't showing up at home because I was really exhausted at work. Starting, I was like, well, it's too late. I didn't leave my job when I could have. I can't start over now. We need yeah. this benefit. We need all that. And so that was kind of like, I got to this point in my job where I wasn't getting outside as much. I wasn't snowboarding as much. I was, I put on a little weight. I was like going to the vending machines in the afternoon snacking and just started to feel like life was kind of like wasting away. I love that because I think that's what so many people go through, Tommy. I love the fact that you're saying it because I think women go through that. Men go through that. And I think it's such an important thing for people that are listening or watching to hear because, yes, you have it down right. I think everything happens for a reason. I think in our life, we have our time to be young. We have our time to be fun. Then we have a when you get married, you're building your relationship. And then the kids come. It's exactly what you think. I always say it's a new world, but it's a different world. And at first, like, oh, my God, it's the baby. Da, 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 da. And then you're kind of like, Everything just starts to kind of snowball for people, especially if you're a working mom and a working dad and you're both working and you're juggling. It is really hard to find out how to still maintain yourself. You know, it's, it's you get lost. You really do get lost in the shuffle. And I really feel like women went through it for years because men still kind of had a little bit of like an escapism, like it wasn't as much expected out of men years ago. But now it's more like this is a team. Like what I'm doing, you're doing. So I think it's a definite um, challenge for couples to really find their balance and still find themselves. And I commend you that you did it while she was still so young because so many people aren't proactive like that. You know, they really get, they let it snowball and then they're, they're looking in and like, now you're 50 pounds overweight. You're not feeling connected to your spouse. You're not feeling connected to yourself. So good for you that you actually recognize that and decided to kind of like shake yourself up a little bit. Maybe, maybe. I thank you. I'd also say it was probably like part my wife as well, Brenda. Um, she seems to always be a few steps ahead of me with okay. like personal development and stuff. And she had a, she started her own business, which goes into our story also. But when she mm -hmm. started her own business, she got a business coach, and it kind of bled over into her life as mm -hmm. well. And I noticed that, and when I noticed that. That kind of like, I was like, oh, as I started catching on, like, oh, that that's cool. And what ended up happening with me was I got a coach and, you know, life didn't change overnight. Mm -hmm. um, but I saw small changes and saw like where I had a little more control than I thought in my job. And that was just kind of like the jumping board to get me to quit my job. Brenda and I went and started working together at her company, which was awesome. And we kind of dissolved her business because we wanted to all this personal development stuff that we've learned, that we've implemented in our life, all the mm -hmm. tools, all the time. We wanted to start putting it out there for people. So we run the company together. We have like we have a newsletter. We have a bunch of resources on our website. But it's been really fun to create that and put that out there. As yeah. Yeah, to like help other people. I don't know. I mean, it when I when I got that first coach, we defined some values and stuff that was important to me, which is a lot of the work I do with guys. And one of the things was like helping other people and like making the world a better place. And I feel like we're doing we're. I don't know, like if that's <laughs> too aspirational, but my like right now, I'm feeling pretty good about where we're where we've landed. 
Well, no, I think that's great. I think it's, you know, I think people sometimes don't know where to start. And then sometimes they have big goals and you have little goals. And I think you talk a lot about the micro and the macro. Another thing that you're really big about is, um, you know, kind of like a leg up and getting out of that rut. So, you know, you kind of help people kind of like figure out like, okay, how do I get started? And I think it's really important to live a fulfilled life. I think some people are fine with complacency. I, I think complacency can be your enemy. Um, and I, I think that everybody is on a different path. Not everybody, not everybody works well, like really challenge themselves all the time. Some people are just very comfortable to just go to their job, have their family, and that works for them. And then some people are like, something's missing. And those people are the ones that seek coaches and, and, and try to push themselves outside their box. So there's really no wrong way to do it. It's just finding out what works well to make you feel the maximum version of yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. The, uh, yeah, they, there's no right or wrong way to like do this life, but mm -hmm. I think we like, I think we have like an inner voice that's usually trying to talk to us, tell us to like try something new or if mm -hmm. we're on the right path or, you know, maybe we're not. And um, sometimes it's hard to listen to that inner voice, mm -hmm. but um, it's hard because sometimes it's scary. You got to try new things and trying new things isn't always easy. And, um, but those small steps starting to feel accomplishment, it, it's cool. Yeah. I think that's what's so cool because I think you're so right about the inner voice because a lot of times the inner voice is sometimes telling you to push outside your comfort zone or it's telling you to try something new. And we're always told to fear something new. So depending on who you have around you, either they're going to, be the echo of the don't do it or they're going to be the echo of yeah go for it you know and i think more people have the echo of don't do it in their life than do do it you know so i think that's one of the hardest things and i i think that's so great that you guys decided to just say hey you know what we're going to go for it because once people have children they get into like this mindset of like safe mode you know because they're always worried about like oh like i think that's what so many people do they get into a job and they go all right i've been at this job for 20 years um i'm in a good position like why would i start over like what if it doesn't work and it's so easy to talk yourself out of it and i i love the fact that you guys were like well let's let's see what we can do let's like let's try to help some people like change their lives and i think that's great and i and i think it's great that you have a partner that has the the drive with you because sometimes if you don't have that right partner they'll be like that's a crazy what are you talking about you're not leaving your fucking job to start something else so that's really cool that you guys do it together i think that's fantastic what do you think that's um have you found that it strengthened your relationship did you did you did or did it was it or was it a challenge oh uh, a <laughs> challenge totally i mean I, I, I coach, it sounds like you had a kind of a relationship coach that dealt with infidelity on before. Mm -hmm. um, I, a lot of the dudes I work with, I coach on their relationships and um, it's helpful because all relationships are difficult. I think a big thing like is this belief that all relationships are supposed to be perfect, like, like happily ever after, um, you know, you yeah. get married and like your relationship's just supposed to be awesome the whole time. But challenges, disharmony in a, any relationship is part of the relationship. So mm -hmm. yeah, working with um, Brenda, my wife, is a very cool challenge. And yeah, it's changed our relationship definitely. And I think um, we've always had a really strong relationship. So. Great. That's why we felt pretty confident in doing this. And it's not like this was like 
the first thing we decided to take a risk right. on. It kind of goes back to like the small things. Like I think we've done a lot of small things together that mm -hmm. built this confidence inside of us to take a chance, but it's scary as hell too. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I think one of the things you were talking about is um, you did something about men and walls. And I think that's so important because I think so many people have walls around them. And a lot of times it comes from our previous past experiences, our own traumas, our own phobias. And um, you said that a lot of times when people have, when men have walls, they use it as the against their partner, almost like a battlefield. I love that you talked about that because I have a feeling that I think when you come home, you can't fight your, your spouse because you're already fighting the world. So I really feel like, you know, I think it's in, sometimes it happens, but I think it's really detrimental. So can you talk about men and walls? I think that's a really interesting thing. How, how did you kind of let yours down? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I know the post you're talking about. Um, we, you mentioned it before that, um, people tend to like worry about what might happen and talk themselves out of taking risks and things like that. Our brain just has this evolutionary tendency to look out for danger mm -hmm. and assume the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with the walls that we put up. Um, if I drop this wall, then I'm not being as strong as I need to be. Um, if I drop this wall and I share that I'm scared that my partner will think I'm less of a person and I'm not the right person for them. Mm -hmm. And it gets in the way because then at least a lot of dudes, we try to fix things. We try to make everything right. We try to, you know, give advice when that's not what like needs to happen necessarily. And usually like what I, you know, I was talking to, this one dude about it and we like just go through like, yeah, this, these are the norms for the guys. And then it's like, how does that usually work out for us when we just try to fix it really quickly or just give advice? And it's like, eh, it doesn't usually end up the way we want it to and tempers get rage and you build your walls up instead of drop them down. So. Yeah. When you can drop your walls, which really just means like being honest, and sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to even be honest with yourself. But so you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with honesty, and it's like the hardest thing for people. And I'm like, and I just think honesty makes everything so much easier. It's not easy to start, but once you get there, then it just makes. I think it makes everything else so much easier. And I just wish that people were more comfortable with honesty. But honesty. It's hard. It hurts. So people like pull away from it because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. So you get trained not to be honest. You get trained to put um, a spin on it or sugarcoat it or or be like, well, you know, I don't want to be, you know, so I think that's why it's so hard for people to really get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not taught. It's not it's not it's not. They say you want they, people say they want you to be honest. But then when you're honest, like, why did you say that? So then you're like, <laughs> oh, shit, that hurt. I'm not going to do it again. You yeah, know? totally. So, yeah. yeah. And that you. That's a, that's a, it's scary to be honest. And then when you are, yeah, you have to just know that like you're being honest and whatever the person you're being honest with comes back with, like, that's okay. That's their experience. And it's nothing about you. 
but exactly easier said than done. Right. It's a process. It's like, yeah. like anything. It's a skill set that if you want to be more honest with yourself and others, it's a skill set. You're not going to be good at it the first time. You'll learn how to be a little bit better about it. I'm not saying just punch people in the face with like, you know, truth bombs all day long, but I'm just saying like, you know, being more, um, authentic with your partner and yourself is going to help you in the long haul. Because if you sit there and, and don't say what you really think, then you, then you, you lo- it's almost like, eh, I let that one go. Then you do it again. Then you do it again. Then, then I think resentment can kind of set it in. So it's kind of, it's kind of, um, I don't know. My husband and I are brutally honest with each other. So I'm just like, it's good because you know, that we don't hold anything back. And sometimes people look and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's just how we communicate. You know, it's like nothing but love, but it's like, we're both like kind of like wise asses together sometimes too. So it's kind of funny. Um, one of the things I love to talk about, you do a lot of IG lives with other men. And I think it's so cool because you do a lot of dad conversations. You talk about like dad pains and dad drain, you know, uh, drained dads. Um, I, I think like, especially when the kids are little, there's just, it's just, it's so much, you know, because you're, you're raising a little person, right? So it's like, there's so much has to be done every day because they need you. So what were some of the things that, um, what made you kind of find other dads that want to talk about that? And, and, um, two parts, what made you start that? And then what are some of the things that have come up a lot that you found that a lot of dads felt? Um, how did it come about? I think, it, it, show, it shows up in my life and it's the stuff that I work on every day. Like mm-hmm. my like life when we adopted now, like was going one way and it could have kept going that way. And that was when I made some changes. So mm-hmm. I think I start, I just resonate with men that are in that space also. And it's, it's like everything's going awesome. Like we've yeah. got all this good stuff in our life. And this is kind of what I see with all these guys that I work with. Like overall works like pretty good. Like I'm, I'm making good money and like my wife's awesome and my kid is great, but I'm not showing up the way I want to. Like I just notice myself checking out, um, you know, I'm on my phone a lot at home. And then the next day I'm like, why the hell was I doing that? I wanted to like play with my kids. I missed this opportunity to see them do this, or um, I was just gonna have one drink and it turned into four. I didn't really wanna be tipsy, but now I feel like crap in the morning. And like those, those are some of the reoccurring things. Some guys like will raise their voice, lose their temper a little bit and no, no one wants to. I, I, one thing I've not heard from anybody is I want to yell more. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to be pissed off all the time. That makes me yeah. so happy. <laughs> yeah. I want to just be on my phone all the time. I don't want to talk with my kids or have fun with my kids. No one says that, but it happens. And it's like, I don't know why. Right. And so everything's like awesome in life. And there's something off, something missing. So that I think with your kids, your kids give you this amazing opportunity to shine a light on like, am I being my best self or not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I want to talk, say something about that because Tommy, I think that's two things you touched on in that conversation. One, it's like, we're on our phones too much. Um, the drinks turned into one drink to two drinks because I think both men and women are both struggling with that. I mean, there's a lot of women that are now having little groups because it's like, 
you know, oh, a glass of wine and like mommy's little helper and like all the women are like drinking wine. And then before you know it, it's a bottle. And so I think little things just stop because, oh, it just takes the edge off because I'm in a new world. I'm trying to figure out how to adapt. And then habits kind of start. And, and I think that's what's interesting because social media wasn't really around when my son was little. And I think like how different it is for like a lot of parents today, because I think it's an added stress because you can't help it, but you sometimes grab it. And then before you know it, you scrolled um, for, for a ton, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, how did I just waste an hour and a half of my time? Now, like I was late or yeah, like one beer just to kind of have a beer with dinner and then it turned into four. So I think both men and women are both trying to find their way to be more present and how to deal with those stressors. And I think that's, what's really interesting. Uh, Matthew just said in the comments, um, just read this book and I think it's on point with this conversation. It's on Amazon. It's called resisting happiness by Matthew Kelly. Well, thank you for sharing that Matthew. Um, yeah. So, um, so that's the thing that I think is um, interesting. So, yeah, because I think women and men, and that's why I love having both men and women on the show, because I think they're both going through certain things. And I think um, we're all just kind of trying to navigate through these new worlds that we're in. And I think it's interesting that, um, that, you, that you're helping these other dads do. It. And I think it's great that they're being honest about it. Well, and that's, you know, back to honesty. It's not easy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy. And... Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a man thing. Maybe it's both. But asking for help isn't asking for help takes courage. Like Brene Brown talks about that. Yeah. Being like willing to go and ask for help um, isn't easy. Like Mm -hmm. we should be able to figure it all out. Like if I go ask for help, I'm admitting that there's something wrong and I don't want to do that. Everything's okay. I'm good. Um, so like on our website, we have a lot of free kind of like self-coaching tips. Like there's mm-hmm. so much of this work you can do on your own. If right. you don't want to go and reach out for help, like pick up self-help books, um, personal development, leadership books. And on our website, we have a leg up is our weekly newsletter. And that's like self-coaching tips that you can kind of like, I don't know, it's just it's asking for help, but you're, you you don't have to like open up and ask. But when I have the conversations with these guys, a lot of the time it's the first time that they're voicing these stories that have been spinning in their heads. And uh, I don't know, it takes a lot of courage. It takes bravery to step up and talk about. 100%. But that's what I do love about your website. That's what I do love about your page and your website to anybody that is watching or listening. And that's why I had Tommy on. Um, you're just real. And I think that you're approachable. And I think it helps. I think when you're honest and you're real, I think it makes another person feel more open and available to like say, okay, I'm going to talk to this person because he's just like me. And that's one of the things I think that's great about your page because you do have a couple things on there. Like maybe somebody's not really ready to dive all the way into having a coach, but you give them some tools in the beginning. Like, okay, here's a, here's a goal setting thing, or here's a, here's a, like, check this, check this little uh, website, you know, check these little newsletters out. Maybe something will resonate. And then that kind of like, will make me say, oh, I really want to work with this guy because he's speaking about the things that I'm, I'm dealing with in my own life. And I think that's what's great about helping people. Not everybody realizes they need help, but sometimes they stumble upon a person's Instagram page and be like, oh, I like what this person talks about. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that. You know, and I think, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. We're none of us are perfect. 
you know, none of us, they, they don't give you a book on how to live life. We're all, we're all just trying to figure this out as we go along, right? Totally. So, so well, they kind I, of give you a book on how to live life, like up to a certain point. Like, once, adjust, yeah. like oh, their you know, way. go oh, their to school, way. go to school, find a partner, find a job, have a kid, get a house and yeah. like, okay, that's it. Yeah, the whole, the whole societal, uh, which again, I could go on and on about that. That's why I have a lot of conversations because I think sometimes that that creates a lot of anxiety for people too. I think, and that's what I was talking about with the social media. I really feel like a lot of young couples today are now comparing their life to other people's pages and stuff like that. And there's so many people that are sharing these like, oh, a perfect family and we have this house and look at us dance all together. And everyone's like, wow, I want to be that family. And then I'm like, yeah, but close the door. You don't even know what goes on behind those closed doors. Everybody can show a highlight reel. So like, please don't compare your life to another person's life. And I think that's another thing that I think is really hard because there's so much pressure now because so many people are looking at friends and family, especially like, you know, holidays, the perfect Christmas cards with all these, everybody's lined up with the same outfits. You know what I mean? Like you can't help it, but there's a way we suffer from comparison. And I think that was something that you talked about, which is actually interesting. I think you said comparison versus inspiration. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause I am a big believer of being inspired by others, but I don't like to be, I don't like to compare myself to others because I think it's more important to live, you know, inspire, you know, like I always say like a lot of people look up to these, these gurus, whether it be a business owner or a celebrity and like, they want to be them. And I'm like, but why do you want to be them? Be you. So I think comparison and inspiration, take the inspiration, but don't compare yourself to them. So what do you think? Talk about that. Um, that's funny. I think our, um, I think a leg up is going to talk about this tomorrow when okay. we send it. it comes out on Tuesdays, but, um, comparison feels like shit Yeah. and inspiration feels really good. Inspiration feels like uplifting and go, go, go. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, this, it happens all the time. We just like, we do this. So when you kind of, I don't know when you are comparing yourself to somebody else or another family or another job or something like that, there's probably something in there that you see yourself in, right? Like you, but don't, don't think about how you'll never get that. Right. That's comparison. Inspiration is more like, Oh, that dude inspires me because he's doing whatever. I have that in me. I can cultivate that. I love that. I, that is so important because I think that's what so many people don't realize, you know, because, you know, a lot of times when you're, you're comparing, you're comparing to wherever they are now. You don't know the whole entire story. You haven't read their whole entire book. Yeah. You can sit there, especially on social media. You can look at anybody and be like, wow, they look at all this stuff that they've done or look at how great their life is. Well, yeah, you don't know the five chapters before that. So I think that's a great thing. Like have them be your inspiration. Be like, wow, this person has done really well in business. This couple has a really great relationship. I want to work on making that a, a reality for me and my family, or I want to work on bettering myself. I think that's such, I think that's such a great way of putting it because comparison does make you feel like shit. You yeah. nailed that Tommy, because that is so true because everyone's like, Oh, and then so many people like, and I say like, if somebody makes you feel like shit, when you look at their page, stop following them. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Or if you, or if you notice yourself that you're getting too caught up in like comparing to yourself too much to them, take a break from them and, and, and go back and look inside. And I think it goes back to like, take more time looking at yourself instead of others. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, becoming introspective is definitely huge. Um, and even realizing that, 
you're comparing yourself to others and it's not making you feel good, that is being introspective. So right. even if you just realize that, like that's progress. Like 100%. Awesome. start there. Right. Yes. So I want to talk to you about something. That I, I love one of the things that you posted on your page, and this is so great. Um, I'm such a big believer of like, I always say I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic. Like I think in life, we, you know, we're going to have good days and bad days, and we're going to have things that are going to challenge us as a family. And then we're going to have things that are going to be really fun to celebrate. And um, you shared a post about your family motto. When you guys plan trips and vacations, there's no bad weather. And I think that's such a great message because how many people, when they have kids, they look outside and it's a rainy day and they just choose not to do anything like, oh, it's rainy. Let's just stay in. And I saw this really cute video the other day of this little girl in a puddle and she's splashing in a puddle having so much fun. And she keeps grabbing her father's hand. And he goes, what? And she pulls him in and then he just stopped splashing. And it was like such a cool video to kind of just like remind yourself to kind of like kids are there to kind of remind you of what it's like to be little and it's, it's there to awake that ch child inside of you again and make you look at the world with like these wondrous eyes you have the opportunity to look at things differently again so yeah. talk about that what, what do you, i love what you said like no bad weather and you guys just do whatever you're gonna do oh man that, that brought up a few things um yeah so well one you joined my ig live with um oh no this one might have been a few weeks ago, but we talked about like looking through life as like playing instead right. of like really serious. So um, uh, you'll have to send me that video of the dad splashing in the puddle. It sounds right up my alley. Uh, yeah, it's a Scandinavian saying, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Um, we we think Patagonia changed it to like, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad gear. So that's, that's, that's become our family motto. We lived in Colorado for 15 years, and uh, when we moved, now we live in Ohio. We moved back to the Midwest about a year ago to be closer to family. And when we were getting ready to move, like outdoors, we've already talked about it. Very important to us. Midwest weather is a little more harsh than Colorado, even though yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the Northeast. The weather could be a little harsh, but um, getting outside is huge. So. That, I guess, you know, if we broaden that perspective, like if you prepare for something, like nothing's going to be that bad as we like make it out in our minds. So no such thing as bad weather, just bad gear. It's definitely a motto that we try to live. Um, like when it's 90 degrees for like the last three weeks and humid, <laughs> you don't need much gear at all except right. for like, a blow up pool in the back and a sprinkler. And yeah board shorts and that's the gear to get outside. I love that. I think that's so I love that because I think it's so important because I, I remember when my son was little, he just loved to be outside. He needed to run. And I would be standing there and like I'd be all bundled up and he would just be running around and like a like frigid day in Boston. And mothers would be like, come on, come on, we got cooking class. And I'd be like, but maybe they just want to run around and get some fresh air. Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? maybe they just want to run and get their energy out. You know what I mean? And so and I think it's like it goes back to like bundle up. Get a hat, get get a scarf, get some gloves. You know what I mean. Even if you just give them a little bit of time and try to make something fun, you know, like you know, they need that. They need that energy release and they need that weather. So I think that's great. And I think if it's such a great mindset because subconsciously, you're it's a it's a technique to learn because you're already learning. Like yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have bad bad days or bad storms, and you just you're gonna just deal with it. And I think 
That's one of the most important things that we could teach little people because what we're doing nowadays is being like, everything's perfect, everybody's sunshine. And then everyone's like wondering why they're so miserable all the time because we're giving them unrealistic expectations. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I can't, it's become our family motto and it, uh, there's actually a cool, in forest school, it actually started in like, I think Switzerland, but um, it's it's big in the Northeast also. There are these forest schools for kids that spend at least 70% of the time outside. Ooh. And we're like lucky enough to have one where we live. And it is so cool. The kids go outside no matter what, rain or shine. They have these little like, they're called oaky one pieces that, I don't know. They don't care. The kids don't care. It's the adults that don't want to be out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't a lot of stuff, Tommy? I mean, we could get on a whole conversation about how kids don't really care as adults a lot of times. It's like it's preconceived notions and adults are always like, I always said, if, if adults would say out of some stuff, we'd probably be a lot better off sometimes. That's my personal opinion. Um, yeah, I just love that though. Um, how old is your daughter again? Three and a half. Three and a half. Oh, that's such a fun age because that's like, they're just like becoming a little like they're starting to develop their personality and, and like, you know, just become a person. So that's a really fun age. I miss that age. My son's a little bit older, so he's a big boy now. So that's different. He's a, a man. So I just, I miss those days because they just go by so quickly. Um, another thing I want to talk to you about is, let me see. Um, what was I going to say? So we embark compassion, uh, resisting happiness, Happiness, oh, yeah. this is happiness. And I think that a lot of people overcomplicate it personally. I think happiness is simple, but we we tend to um, judge it the wrong way or, we're, or we're, we're like using the wrong metrics for happiness. So what do you think, why do you think people resist happiness? What's your, what's your take on that? Well, whoever commented earlier, I guess there's a whole book about that. <laughs> <I know>. So <laughs> <laughs> go, go, um, Read that. I think resisting happiness goes back to our brain worrying about the future and yeah. expecting worst case scenarios. Um, like, so life is going to be some bad stuff, some good stuff. Right. And that's just the realistic part of life. Like, there. And when we fight that, when we think that everything, like you were saying before, should be happy all the time, that resistance to the bad stuff right. leads us to suffer more, get away from happiness more, re resist happiness more. So it's like, the, here's like the like really hard part is like, can you be okay with the shitty moments? Can you be okay in your marriage when you're not connected? When your kid is like getting under your skin, can you be like, ah, that's okay. And like not resist it. Because if you start like worrying too much, uh, like you want your kid to be the well-behaved kid that always shares, that always <laughs> pays attention in school, right. whatever. When the kid doesn't do that, like isn't, doesn't meet your expectations, can you be okay with that? Because otherwise you worry their life's going to be ruined. Like <laughs> they're never going to get a job. They're going to end up in jail. Right. And when you project that out, you're resisting like happiness. You're resisting being content with everything. Yeah. You have to kind of, uh, you have to 
I'd be okay with the messy once in a while. I mean, unfortunately, you get you gotta find you gotta find that your happiness doesn't have to be also is your happiness has to be on your own own terms. If your happiness is gonna be on everybody else's terms around you, boy, you're gonna be unhappy a lot because you can't control everybody else's emotions and you can't control a three-year-old. If a three-year-old's having a bad day, they're having a freaking bad day. But that's what my mom said. My, I had my mom on a couple months ago and she was like, she's like, they're people too. Why do people think the kids have no stress or no aggravation? Like they have bad days too, they're human. And I'm like, it's a good point because we forget that. We're like, what's your problem? You're three, what do you have to be worried about? But they have days that maybe they just feel grumpy too. Like what we do, we come home from work. So I think that's understanding like, Hey, you having a bad day. Okay. You need to, you know, you're not feeling like you want to talk, you, you know, it's just learning to like, instead of pushing what you want, every, how do people respond, letting it be okay. Letting them respond how they want and, and realizing that that's okay. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I think that I think happiness, that's happiness is uh you got to figure it out yourself. You know, your happiness is, uh, I think a lot of people have their own, um, definitions of happiness or success, you know? And I think that when you stop taking the society's terminology for it and, and tailoring it your own way, you'll do better off. Yeah, and someone said something like, like you find happiness when you stop looking for it. Yes. And I don't know who the quote was and it, you know, easier said than done, but um, it's, it's there all the time for you to smile at whatever's coming up and, not resist the, the the stuff in life that's a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you about uh, heroes. Uh, I think you did a post about heroes, and I'm a big. I, I think heroes an interesting thing, and who do you admire and why? Um, Matthew McConaughey had an awesome uh, Oscar speech, and I love. It's like one of my favorite inspirational speeches to listen to because somebody asked him who his hero was. And, and he was like, I think he said him in 10 years. And then he realized he wasn't even who, who he thought he would be. And he kept pushing it off. And the reason he loves it is because he's never going to be his hero, but he's always going to have something to strive towards. So for you, do you have a hero or somebody that you admire and why? Yeah, I, I, I conjure up a few heroes. Um, that I think it kind of goes back to that, like, admiration. Like, who do you admire? Um one of my heroes is Captain America. Um, like uh, he he doesn't quit. He always has like a uh, positive attitude, good perspective. He's honest. Like those traits. Like sometimes um, I started doing Spartan adventures, which are pretty challenging physically. And mm -hmm. like I'll be feeling like I want to quit and think like, what would Captain America do right now? I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's one of my heroes. Um, yeah, I think um, yeah, I'd say Captain America, and then you know, if I got a little deeper, my dad is definitely my hero. Um, he he has traits in him that I conjure up when I'm being a dad or when I'm. Um, just working with other people in day-to-day -day life, he always has a good perspective on things and um, tells it how it is and is honest and look people in the eye and shake their hands and treat others the way you want to be treated. Th those kinds of like basic old school values that I can conjure up also. No, I love that because I think that's what's so important because I always love to see who people's heroes are because I'm not a big fan of hero worshiping and I think that so many people have they hear they the heroes that they have. I'm like, oh God, 
Like that should not be your hero. And, and, and for me, my hero was always my mom. And um, because she was like such a great, she was such a great role model and inspiration for me. It goes back to the same as your dad, those core values that you need because you know, your hero should be the person that's giving you those foundations to like be the person you want to become or the person you want to emulate. And I think that a lot of people, uh, they hero worship because somebody has great things or, or they're on stage. And I'm like, okay, that maybe you want to be like, you want to get that, get to their, their level on their job, but who's your hero. And I think it goes back to, I like what you said is you're at, who do you admire? And I wish more people were um, conscious of picking better heroes to kind of help them do the work internally, build, become the best version of themselves. Yeah, and in in why like if you are admiring someone, if you are putting this here on a pedestal, like what is it about them? Like what for your mom? Like what were like not to put you on the spot totally, but what were those values that like you conjure up? She was always about um, like honesty, um, treating people with respect. She was very open minded, so she was really big on allowing us to be ourselves. She never made us. Um, she really taught us how to think for ourselves and and make good decisions. So I really feel like she gave me like this little box of all these great little lessons that gave me a leg up. Where a lot of people, when they hit their like their late thirties and forties, are like. Who am I? How do I figure this shit out? I'm like, ah, oh, I already, I have that little, I have that little magic box in my on my desk that my mom gave me that I can just pull out. So, um, and she was a uh, resilient. She was a hard worker. You know, she was a single mom, so she really led with like class and 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 hard work, which to me made me realize kind of like, you know, no bad weather. That was like her motto was like, you know, things are going to be tough, but you just, if you put your head forward and you just keep working and you, and you, and you handle yourself with a certain way, it'll work itself out. And I, that's why I think when things get tough, I try to stay positive because my mom was just like, she just always handled everything, just kind of kept going forward. And it would always work out. So, yeah. And I think that's what's important for people to realize. Cause I think it's easy, especially like this past year and a half or God going on two years of what we've been going through. I think another lot of, a lot of people have been challenged and I think a lot of people are looking for coaches right now because a lot of people are really struggling trying to find their happiness trying to figure out who they are a lot of people have you know made adaptions to changing complete completely different careers so I think coaching has been a really big thing for a lot of people over this past year it's it's really fun um yeah I love coaching I think that it's um Life, it, you said it earlier that like no one gives us like a rule book on how to play this game of life. Right. And uh, when we're playing, it's nice to sometimes like have an outside perspective to like just frame up what you're working on. Like if you're if you were um, uh, athlete, like if you were a baseball player, they have coaches because the coaches are going to see some things that the athlete isn't seeing and mm -hmm. sometimes you need well i was talking about this with one of my buddies recently like the hats that a coach wears and, right uh it's not just like a coach like the the true coach is a mirror they reflect what you say what you're doing to show you what you're creating a coach is also a cheerleader. Like when there's a win, like let's celebrate that win and high five and be like, that's freaking awesome. A coach is like this sounding board. A 
person to do thought work with and just to strategically plan. Mm -hmm. um, it can be so many other things, like a big brother that's going to tell you how it is, that's going to say the thing that you probably don't want to hear. Right. Um, that they have to hear, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the coach isn't going to just, like, jump in the pool with you and, like, whine and tell you, like, yeah, so. Right, like we're friends and be like, yeah, that sucked. That person's an asshole. Yeah, and they just give you like the raw, raw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you need that and your friends are there for that, but it, that's that's usually not the hat the coach wears. And, right. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it is a cool thing, the coaching concept, and there's so many different types of coaches out there. And I think, um, yeah, I just like talking about it and putting it out there because – I have, I'm all, I like have a coach for different things in my life, like yeah. relationships. I have a coach for business and um, I can just like that all my shit out and then see what happens because they can navigate with me. Oh, I love that you said that because um, you, you, one of your posts you said, you said you can't control your mind with your mind, right? So the blah that you just said, uh, you said something like if you're really feeling overwhelmed, just grab a notebook or, you know, just go on your phone and just type it all out. Just like throw all your words out there because a lot of times we're just holding on to stuff. And even if we just dump it, you know, that's sometimes enough just to kind of have you come back in a better attitude. Yeah. A hundred. And yeah, but you don't, the self coaching part of it is really, really powerful. I mean, that was, um, a lot of my work before I got a coach, whether right. it's, you know, journaling, dumping out everything in your head, whether it's starting to meditate or, um, anything to be a little more introspective, mm -hmm. you can do it, this stuff on your own and, or you can get a coach, like a coach is another way to get introspective. Yeah. Tommy, I just think it's so great that um, I think it's so important for people to kind of find their fulfillment. Like, I know that it's not always easy. And I think everybody sometimes uh, when they get a little, when you become a, when you're a parent, you know, you're so busy making sure the kids are everywhere they need to get to. And a lot of times we put our health on the back burner and, or we're like, oh, well, I used to do this, but I, I don't have really time to do it anymore. And I really look at a lot of people that I know that are, do really well are the people that do maintain those things that they need for themselves. You know what I mean? Whether it be like someone that sticks with like riding a bike a couple times a week or, you know, someone that likes to go to bar. Uh, for me, I, I took a break for a really long time. And then when my son got older, I got back doing comedy. And I, I kind of like, that's how I, I, that was the outlet I needed to kind of re- reinvent myself in my late forties. Cause I feel like, all right, I've done all the things I have to do. It's time for me to figure out what I need for me. And, um, it was Spartan races. Is that what, how you got into Spartan racing that you find that you felt like you needed something or it was just a, it was a challenge that you kind of got into? Um, yeah, I think for like, I think one, it's like so cool what you're doing, like how consistent you've been with your, um, comedy with these talks showing up all the time, like you can right. tell that it like fulfills you and it's not easy to be that consistent with that for something for yourself when you like, you know, for me, for Spartan training, like when I have to go and work out and like maybe miss seeing now go to daycare in the morning, like there's a little bit of like guilt in me, like, oh, yeah. I should be with her. And that's only true if I really want to make it true. Um, right. Cause I know if I go and like go on a good run and push myself a little bit, like I'm going to be 
better for her later in the day or I'm going to see her the next day. And one of my first, yeah, so the Spartan races for me are definitely one of them. Like yeah. one of the things that are um, for me, my time to like uh, challenge myself, push myself and re-energize me to like come back and hang out with Brenda now and be more present for them. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I love that. I do. Uh, God, I wonder if Nell's ever going to do one with you. Does she like, does she do any like the little things when you're training? We, uh, yeah, we have a set of monkey bars. She's can swing on them. Um, we watch before my race last week, we watched like a good 12 minutes of videos to mm -hmm. like prep for different obstacles and stuff like mm -hmm. that. She's like, she's, they have Spartan kid races, so I already really? got it on my radar. Yeah, once she's four, she can go. So maybe next summer. Oh, that's awesome! Have you ever thought of doing an American Ninja? Have you ever tried? I I I, I admire those guys. Like I, I could watch that. I mean, just the the dedicate. Like that's another thing. Like the dedication they put into like learning those obstacles. It's like challenge yourself. It's like a, a like a such a physical challenge and it's like, it's cool to see this yeah, like, I was like kids are doing it too so it's like it's crazy to watch the younger generation like they're even faster it's crazy yeah they're like real life spider-man which <laughs> is another one of my favorite superheroes i'm sure right yeah climbing buildings who couldn't be you know yeah <laughs> that's awesome well well tommy i really want to thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us about like you know helping men find their find their groove you know because you know i think that everybody's juggling a lot of different things, whether you're a mom, whether you're, whether you're a dad, whether you're just um, somebody who's just working. I mean, we all have, it's always hard to find time for ourselves in, in this busy world that we're in. And I think one of the things that's great is that you said like challenge yourself to sometimes maybe put the phone down or maybe say like, Hey, you know what? Tonight, I don't really want to have that glass of wine or that beer because it's going to make me feel like shit tomorrow morning. So it's just really about checking yourself. And then if you feel like, Hey, I really want to get better you know, you can go and find a coach because a lot of times a coach will sometimes be that extra, that extra push you need to kind of really get and figure out what, what the thing is that you need next to get to the next level. Yeah. Cool. This has been awesome, Kristen. I think um, what you're doing is great and I know we'll talk more. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Uh, next weekend is Labor Day, so we won't be back with the show next week. I'll be back the week after that. Um, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week. It's only Monday, so you go get at it. And if you want to follow Tommy, you can follow him at Tommy. Uh, we embark on Instagram, and he has a page for that also on the internet. And um, have a great day, everybody. And I'll uh, see you soon. See ya. Okay, let's see. This episode of Chicken in a Bag is over. She's got to get back to being a mom, wife, bartender, therapist, comedian, you know, real life stuff. But you can catch more episodes of Kristen being Kristen on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Catch you next time.